0: This is connecting the classics Each week Will and I both choose an album And then we connect from our album to the other person's album Using John Kale references uh,
1: Six songs of separation come back in style
2: Discuss
1: We discuss We like to discuss
3: what threats were made before We don't need
1: them anymore but ultimately, Lee's Knows more than, I
0: know. You know more than I Know. Will Knows More Than I Know. And this week, we are doing Proto Genres. Proto Genres
1: is the theme. You fired first. What album do you choose?
0: I fired with Black Sabbath, self-titled Black Sabbath. Um, this is their first album. Uh, With the the pick in mind being that this is, you know, widely considered the first metal album. 1970,
1: I believe, and I fired back with three years later, 1973, New York Dolls, New York Dolls, another self-titled album, often considered a classic example of proto-punk. Also some other proto-genres we'll get into later. But we can start off with Black Sabbath. I like the pick a lot.
0: Yeah, had you heard this before?
1: No, I've pretty much only listened to Black Sabbath through you. To me, I always kind of just knew Ozzy Osbourne from the reality show The Osbournes. Yeah, and so to me, almost because I guess it's kind of proto-metal, it's almost sounded cheesy when I was younger. But from CTC and you expanding my musical sure. palette, which is what this show's all about, I feel like I've grown to appreciate Black Sabbath more, and they're a pretty cool rockin'
0: band. Well, I'll set it up for you. Uh, You know, I listened to them on Greatest Hits compilation, so I I actually hadn't sat down with the album. So I thought it was a good reason to choose it for CTC. I didn't like the album as a whole as much as I thought I would. But standouts for me, obviously self-title or, you know, the first track Black Sabbath, The Wizard is such a banger. And then my choice for today that I think we should launch into is N.I.B. or N.I.B., uh, which is uh, basically the bass player Geezer Butler soloing for I don't know first like minute minute and a half of the song and it was um, I knew you'd pick the funky bass song so it was my it was like the basically the song one of the songs that got me into playing bass Uh, it was like a motivation to learn bass so I could try to figure out how to play it with that in mind I'm gonna go ahead and launch in unless there's anything else you want to say before we uh, listen to some Black Sabbath
1: I just want to ask did you figure out how to play the bass line
0: yeah 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 it's basically just in a pentatonic so it's pretty i also got the bass like tab book which helped but we'll talk a little bit more about it it's actually pretty great the story behind it is basically he was just jamming in the studio and the sound guy had the recording on for whatever reason but he was like trying to just set levels Uh, it wasn't even a song uh, and they thought it sounded so great because he was running his bass through Tony Iommi's uh, guitar pedals. So that's how you hear kind of the wah sound that it has. Uh, wow. Over. And so then they ended up using it as the intro to the to the song. Launch so in, baby. So let's launch in as JJ Kale fades out. This is N-I-B. Nib. <laughs>
1: Finally, bass gets its due respect.
0: (laughs) We also can hear how the level dropped. And I think that was like the sound engineer like dropped his level. That's great. Very raw. Very raw, because I, I know a lot of times people try to say Led Zeppelin is is the first like heavy metal, but I really think this is harder.
1: Well, also Led Zeppelin kind of embraced like the J.R.R. Tolkien fantasy kind of imagery, whereas Black Sabbath embraced more of the goth yeah kind of darker side. And then Ozzy Osbourne. Well, and the head other off reason I that. chose the
0: song is it's all about the devil.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you listen to Led Zeppelin backwards, then that's when you'll hear about the devil.
0: (laughs) That's like their fifth album.
1: I definitely heard Led Zeppelin, though, while I was listening to this, where I was like, oh, Black Sabbath is just kind of a classic rock band, but they're definitely lumped in with metal because they inspired that later on.
0: Well I think that was another reason why I chose this is you can still kinda hear the fabric of their like blues hard rock
2: and the later outfits they definitely go deeper into this new sound that they were discovering.
0: some like deep purple I don't know if you ever gotten to them but they definitely had a sound similar to this I haven't gone too deep on them and funny enough they were actually they were called Earth originally and there was another British band named the Earth so they changed their name to Black Sabbath and I think they just totally you know embraced the occult type yeah
1: Earth Wind and Fire was originally just straight heavy metal Well, wind and fire Uh really balances it out with some joy. (laughs) You'd think fire would be. There's also that band Earth that we've listened to before, which is kind of metaly.
0: That's a nod to Black Sabbath, actually. Ooh, the Washington band. Are you talking about Guitar Solo?
1: Great drums too.
0: Yeah, definitely Black Sabbath underrated for the chops that bass and drums and guitar had. I think Ozzy got too much of the spotlight. Well, it's like when Prog Rock is
1: popping too, right? Which the New York Dolls are kind of a reaction against. Yeah, we'll
0: talk about that. I definitely thought the contrast was interesting. Yeah, the New York Dolls were all about just like feel. Yeah, we we'll are get into it. The rejection of the like, musicianship. first song about the devil might be sympathy Sympathy for the devil is 1968 so it's two years before this album
1: well i bet it even goes back further and further with proto genres if we want to get real into it like i mean i want to i'm curious what your thought of what a proto genre even means but we don't need to talk over another guitar solo but i feel like probably back like in ancient
0: civilizations all right, we can't talk about that's the best. Sorry, of the song. sorry.
1: I'll get into Before... it later. I was just gonna say, in ancient civilizations, like I bet people were singing about the devil. You know, it's just what was the first song that was recorded about the devil? And then they marketers in the '70s and '80s, '50s, '60s, whatever, figured out, oh, like we got to invent genres so that we can market it to certain groups. And it's like metal. It's like people who are kind of into the gothic, dark side of things. And then they market it that way and that's why like black sabbath was kind of exploring those sounds first but they become the template i don't know i'm curious to hear what you think a proto genre even means but let's hear that guitar solo first yeah
0: i i was going to get into that maybe later in the picks but i think black sabbath leaned into it because it you know made them stick out among the other classic rock bands in britain I like that. So I think it's all within their world. But yeah, now that you mentioned it, I bet you Robert Johnson or some blues musician has a song about doing a deal with the devil. Yeah. So probably stuff in the 20s. Devil went down to Georgia. (laughs) Yeah. All right, jumping in. To your point about you know it all being about people leaning into a theme to sell records uh you know the song's called nib and geezer butler claims that it was just a reference to the drummer's beard at the time which he thought looked like a pen <laughs> nib uh but everyone because it was you know capitalized and had the periods thought the acronym was for nativity in black and so it's just like everything gets turned into a cult and devil worshiping and just like leaning into the theme
1: yeah and it makes sense too because that was like counterculture at the time and especially exactly. like yeah a contrast to even Edgy. the the beatles or like hippie groups are all about peace and love and then it's like yeah. coming into the 70s where it's harder and darker ultimate troll yeah i felt like at the end with the guitar solo there you could definitely hear like guns N' roses or metallica and like guns N' roses in particular i feel like Kind of comes sure. out of New York dolls to a certain extent too.
0: And I was thinking about when we listened to it, the way that the drums and the guitar solo, it was almost like a, I don't know what the correct term is, but it was a ta 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 on on underneath the um guitar. And that feels like that's like the foundation of a lot of metal, like uh, speed metal or whatever that's totally. called, you have like the kick to like and then or like a thrash metal. I don't know, one of the metal genres.
1: Yeah, I was definitely noticing the drums and how they accentuated the, especially on that song, the bass and the guitar by like doing precise fills or like little snare Mm -hmm. uh, fills too, so. Yeah.
0: Good pick. All right, I'll pass it back though.
1: All right, so like I was saying, kind of Guns N' Roses, I feel, is another band that comes out of New York Dolls to a certain extent, but the reason I picked them is just because whenever I think of proto-genres, they're a name that always comes up. I don't haven't really listened to them. Not really a big fan. I've never sat down and listened to this full album either. Uh, like I said, nineteen seventy three, three years after Black Sabbath. Yeah. Self-titled album produced by Todd Rundgren, which I found interesting.
0: Very interesting.
1: They're also kind of proto glam rock because they would like dress up in androgynous outfits, wear dresses, and have like a wild stage show. They were almost doing, from the research I did, like a parody of what a classic rock band should do. Probably like what Black Sabbath was actually doing, like trashing hotel rooms and, you know, just acting obnoxious because they were really leaning into that trope. Uh Uh-huh. Which is why people give them like the proto-punk genre because it's just sort of like sloppy. I think they were really divisive at the time. Like you either loved them or hated them because they definitely don't have like the, tight musicianship yeah. something like Black Sabbath does. Um, and they were kind of reacting to prog rock. Uh, also, they're kind of related. This is my John Cale get out of jail free card, kind of related to the Velvet Underground, who is another like band that's kind of considered proto-punk because of their loose nature. Uh-huh. But let's launch in. I think the opening song is the undisputed hit on the album, Personality Crisis. Go check that one out. But I'm picking another song that jumped out to me. It's New York. We got to talk about the subway train. This is New York Dolls subway train. Nice. Another funny thing is kind of on what I was saying, how they lived up, leaned into the rock star persona is they mentioned in an interview that they were determined to fake it until they make it. They had to make themselves feel famous before they could actually become famous. And like the the bassist named his bass Excalibur. And they just went nuts. Nice. And also the, I think guitarist or something is named Johnny Thunders. He has like, there's a bunch of conspiracy theories about his death.
0: Yeah. And then singer well, is David you Johansson. You know, Todd Rundgren in the contrast between his like approach to music and theirs. Um, I remember reading that he just like was losing his mind because he asked like how they were going like what tracks they're gonna use on the album and they said they just played their songs to a live audience and whatever got the best response was what made it to the album.
1: Yeah, which I think is what probably bands should do because that's kind of like what a comedian does, you know, you test out the yeah. bits, you refine it over time. Whereas, especially now, a lot of people will just be in their bedroom and they have no idea what th- the world actually thinks of the songs. Another quick, before we launch back in, yeah. Todd Rundgren's story is, I guess, they got in the studio and they were dressed in their like, ridiculous stage outfits. The androgynous dresses, makeup, and Rundgren yelled, out, yelled during the session, get the glitter out of your asses and play. But I feel like you can definitely hear in like bands like Titus Andronicus or a lot of punk bands like how that chorus dropped out into the verse. Like, definitely some early punk roots. And I guess they credit uh, Todd Rundgren with the proto-punk nature of it, because I guess he recorded guitar through the left speaker and the second guitar through the right speaker. So it was like totally panned left and right which is what the Ramones and Sex Pistols would do.
0: You see that one quote where it was um, s- saying that the reason it's protopunk is because it plunders history while celebrating it. Creating Ooh. a sleazy urban mythology along the way. I did not see that, but I like it.
3: But yeah,
0: very very New York. They did a good job sort of encapsulating the griminess of New York, late 70s. Riding that subway train.
1: And they were named after, I guess, a hospital called New York Doll Hospital. Oh, weird. But I felt like... Because they named themselves New York Dolls and they dressed the way they did, it kind of takes on a new meaning.
0: Totally. Well, there's the whole element of, like, homophobia in the late 70s, you know. Yeah. So them wearing makeup was, like, a big deal.
1: Exactly. And, like, bands, even today, it was, like, Young Thug did that a few years ago, you know, and it was a big deal. David Bowie. It's always yeah. a, a move that shocks that's why they kind of lead into like the shock rock era too. They were kind of a proto band of that. I was just going to call out real quick at the end, this song interpolates, I've been working on the railroad, which I think is a proto folk song. Because, you know, if you're going back in history, it's like, what is a proto genre (laughs) really? It's like folk songs. Then we think of folk as like Bob Dylan plucking the acoustic guitar. And then we think of Mumford and Sons. But where did it really begin? Dinah, won't you blow your horn? So I was going to go from I've been working on the railroad into the first recording of that song in 1923 by the shannon quartet for white guys barbershop quartet and then talk about how the roots of barbershop quartets are obviously uh black people in the united states like a lot of music that white people and then white marketers appropriate and sell to the masses but we don't need to get into barbershop quartets i'm gonna pass it back riding the tracks back on the subway train back over to black sabbath Lee's gonna connect from his album to my album. How are we gonna do this? We don't plan this.
0: To your point about what's a proto genre, I think I guess for me, you know, a genre serves as a set of conventions in music that people, either listeners or musicians, kind of rally around. And so, a proto genre is usually a, an album or a song that kind of sparks the idea that then other bands or pieces of work like crystallize and a scene, you know, evolves around it.
1: Yeah. They're the trendsetters.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And it's whoever breaks the, the mold vibe. first. Yeah. Sets the vibe.
0: But yeah, to your point, I mean, I think it could be fair to say that genre is not, um, definitive, right. Genres can come in waves, iterations, you know, just cause black Sabbath's doing like occult rock. That doesn't mean, you know, it's the first iteration. I guess it's just for that time and place. So genre kind of hallmarks that. We've talked a lot of the, on this podcast
1: about how there's no real such thing as a genre. But the more I've thought about it, like genre does have cultural context. And like with these bands, you know, whether that's Northern England and Working Class, Black Sabbath, Reacting Against whatever happened in the sixties or the New York dolls reacting even against black Sabbath and in a New York specific scene, kids rebellious, whether it's like hip hop growing out of certain things, like there is a culture context. So genre does matter more than as much as I want to say, like music's all connected. It's all vibration. There is something to genre. So, but I do think that music marketers overplay genres importance instead of scene, in, yeah, instead of saying genre, you could say music scene. And a lot of that's tied to region or city sure. or location. So, um, but genre does
0: exist. I think what you're talking about with the marketing is it gets, it loses its sort of significance when you're tying, you know, huge swaths of bands that are, you know, seemingly unrelated into a genre and then packaging that up into a listener. Yeah, or
1: if you say, hey, this new band is definitely Midwest Emo, for example. Like, you're categorizing Uh them when they don't need to be, I guess. Yeah. But categorization does help. Pass it back.
0: All right. Sorry, we're getting on our, uh, we're riding the train tip here. Yeah, we're riding Um, the train too deep in the tunnel. We left off riding the train and, uh, I had my nib. N.I.B. Black Sabbath song. Um, We were talking a bit about that breakdown at the end, which is a good segue. Uh, My next track is a Queen song, so we're staying in the classic rock genre, uh, but another sort of proto-genre in the sense that it's uh, just this one song uh, has been sort of cited as specifically thrash metal. So there's a pretty cool story where Brian May, the guitarist of Queen, is saying that You know, he got these lyrics from uh, Freddie Mercury and they were, he said, these lyrics are kind of frenetic, so the music should be frenetic as well. So I put this riff on it, which people are telling me is the birth of thrash metal or something. I don't know about that, but it wasn't usual at the time to play at that pace. Nice. Launching in to Queen Stone Cold Crazy. 74, so a year after the uh, York Dolls. This is pretty funk when you set it up
1: with that context. Yeah, right? Or thrash metal, I, I feel it.
0: Definitely heard some Guns N' Roses, like you were saying.
1: Could this be proto rap maybe it almost sounds like he's rapping a little bit Because it proto rem it kind of reminds me of the end of the world <laughs> sorry talking over a guitar solo again minus 100
0: So the big thrash metal bands, for anyone who's wondering, is basically Metallica. Early Metallica is considered one of the best examples. You've also got uh, Anthrax and um, Megadeth. So I think we did a Megadeth album in an old episode.
1: I think so. There's also been waves of thrash metal, and I feel like it does get kind of lumped in a lot of times with like the punk scene or metal. True. All the kind of like aggressive heavy stuff can sometimes be lumped together in the modern day. Even though, of course, they're like subgenres of the same thing. Yeah. You're passing it back. All right. That was a quick one. We left off with New York Dolls on the subway train. We're launching into another band that's kind of considered proto-punk. Didn't know much about them, but been listening to them a lot lately. Super interesting band. Not sure if you're familiar with them at all. You know more than I know. But... Death. (laughs) No. This is a song about destroying a train station. So that's a connection here. Subway train. Destroying the train station. Nice. And it is Los Psychos. Demolicion. Nice. This band?
0: No, I don't. I'll give you a hundred points.
1: From Peru, 1964. Ta 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 Ya 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 ya!
3: Echemos abajo la estación de tren. Echemos abajo la estación de tren. Echemos abajo la estación de tren. 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 Demoler, 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 demoler. Echemos abajo la estación de tren. Demoler, demoler la estación de
1: tren. Demoler, demoler la estación de tren. So he's basically in that gravelly voice screaming, destroy, destroy the train station in the translation. (laughs) I love their name too. It's Los Psychos, S-A-I-C-O-S. And they got it from the Spanish Los Sadicos but dropping the D Los Sadicos means the sadist Wow You can kind of hear the surf rock influence they had Totally Garage rock Um, so and they said they were really influenced by rock around the clock which is another kind of Proto song i'm not going to play it but everyone knows it
3: <laughs> this
1: was their biggest hit but they only recorded 6 songs never released an album 6 singles they recorded all their songs themselves and they were like immediately huge in peru i don't really know much about peru history i don't claim to be a historical expert but Apparently in nineteen sixty four they were going through some transformational stuff and this like resonated yeah. with the youth. They had a
0: dictator. Yeah. I believe you. Is it name Pinochet? Something like that.
1: If you Pacino Say you know more than I know.
0: Is that a, is that who it is? Chino. Hey, I don't know. Oh,
1: no, that's chilly. Sorry. Wow. Minus a hundred. My bad. Lumping them all together like a marketer trying to genre some music. (laughs) But yeah, check out the other five songs, all hits. I love the voice of the singer. Super gravelly, definitely early punk. And I think they've been kind of influential with some punk bands over the years. So, Los Psychos, destroy the train station. Pass it back.
0: Trying to figure out who the Peruvian dictator he is was. He's pushing the
1: microphone up against his little nib of a beard.
0: Getting real yeah. close. Cool. <laughs> My little nib. <laughs> all right. We left off Queen, Stone Cold, crazy. We're all about the crazy fast plane. And by the way, Black next, Sabbath my, from... My next... Uh, maybe this isn't...
1: <laughs> by the way, Black Sabbath from England, the Queen. <laughs> go Connection ahead. there. Go ahead. <laughs> by the way...
0: All right. Go ahead. Nice. <laughs> Thanks for doing that. You're welcome. Uh, we were talking about playing fast. Will's playing too fast for me to keep up. Um, next one is talking a little bit about um, the split between old time music and bluegrass, mm. which was the result of a banjo player named Earl Scruggs. Yes. Who played with his fingers, which allowed him to go twice as fast as the claw hammer strumming style. Thrash
1: bluegrass.
0: Flat and Scruggs. Blue thrash. Special. Thrashing bluegrass. Using his knobs to tune up and down for that little part. Headbangers out. Like tuning knobs to drop the note. That's how he gets that slide sound.
1: I've often kind of thought, why don't people do that more often?
0: Use, yeah, to use the tuning head.
1: Yeah, it's just like people get used to just whatever the factory settings are but it's like you know they got knobs that will totally change it and I know a lot of people use it or use pedals but I like it when someone uses like the
0: full extent of the instrument totally that right there he's dropping it
1: that keeps it loose too totally or it tightens it depending on which way he's turning the knob bluegrass though another great example of just people chilling in appalachians
0: appalachians i don't claim to pronounce things right folk music so i didn't want to talk too much over the song because i was vibing but to give you the quick sort of breakdown so basically what happened is earl scruggs had this new playing style of the banjo he joins this guy's band bill monroe who's a pretty established um old time you know artist uh but because he's so talented, he's playing so fast, he basically invents bluegrass. Uh, the band at the time was called Bill Monroe's Bluegrass Boys. And so Earl Scruggs and Lester Flat both play in that band and they break off and they basically start the genre of bluegrass. Uh, the main difference other than the speed at which the, the banjo and everything's playing is that bluegrass became about soloing to sort of show off the skills of the players. Um, so in old time music, you don't normally hear the way we heard them like break off into their little solos. But otherwise, they're kind of indistinguishable. I don't really know too much of the difference. Love that. Yeah. Oh, and I guess the other thing is old time is o- older, obviously. So that's like from immigrants from England, Scotland, Ireland and Africa, you know, bringing over banjos and guitars and stuff. Uh, whereas bluegrass kind of distinctly starts in the late 40s.
1: Yeah, and I feel like it's that kind of genre where it's just sitting around the mountains, drinking some moonshine and just jamming and everyone kind of shows off.
0: And it has a cultural context of dancing around a fire. Well, and to your point earlier, old time was like completely reliant on passing songs down from generation to generation. Right. So who is the original prototype?
1: I don't know. We'll get into that on the recorded history of music. (laughs) Our sister podcast. (laughs) Speaking of siblings, Bill Monroe, I got into him recently. I I can't remember why. I think I was looking up like family members for another episode. I did the Wilco song where he played with his son. And I was like, how many father-son bands have there been? But I Uh think Bill Monroe and Charlie Monroe played together and they were brothers.
0: All right. I'll give you points for that if it checks out.
1: All right. I feel like Bill Monroe played with his dad or his son
0: too, but I might be wrong. Don't fact check me. This is me. the guitar, like the Kentucky old-time guy? Or this is a yeah. guy named Bill Monroe?
1: No, no. It, it is kind of a common name, but the oh, old-time guy. Oh, yeah, you're guy. right.
0: His brother, Charlie. Yeah. All right, 100 points.
1: <laughs> uh, I feel like he played with his son, too. Yeah, James Monroe. So nice. they have an album called Father and Son. Bill Monroe, nice. and James Monroe, nineteen seventy-three, same year as New York Doll. I'm going to give myself nineteen seventy-three for a swift Google and a pointless fact. No, I love it. Nineteen seventy-three points.
0: I think are you passing um, it back. I'll pass it back. What are you thinking? I think I'm. I'm going to buy a banjo, and I need to learn how to play this music because it's in my roots.
1: I bought a banjo. What are your roots?
0: Just white American. Yeah, Appalachian, (laughs) Appalachian, Irish, Scottish, Irish, Scottish from North Carolina.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, you're bluegrass man. I bought a banjo in high school. Hard to play because it's like so different than guitar, but similar style as guitar. Love banjo, great instrument. Yeah, there's also I'm blanking on their name, but there's like a metal band that the front man plays banjo and they're really good. Kind of like a noise. Punk interesting. We'll get to that a little bit later. Oh, you got them queued up? Maybe. Should I go on here? We don't plan
0: this. Do your Do your connection.
1: Okay, I'll do my connection. Talking old timey, talking proto genres. We left off with Los Psychos destroy the train station. Another band, or man, I should say, who influenced Los Psychos, and I think you can definitely hear it in the music. Guy, I'm not sure if we've talked about him. You might have played him on the podcast before. Dick Dale. Uh-huh. This is Dick Dale surfing nice. surfing drums. Cause you know, you're surfing on the subway or you're surfing in Peru. Yeah. But here we were talking about Black Sabbath drums. We're surfing drums. Sounds a little metal right there. Doom
3: to doom to doom. Yeah. Prap. <laughs> Walked on the claws of
0: babe. Why? I was babe down there. George Crip Thurgood? You know much about Dick Dale? Yeah, yeah. The Surf Rock King. I feel like he inspired a lot of people in the 60s, or maybe 50s, uh, to pick up guitars. You'd recognize this
1: big hit that they played in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, for the listener.
0: The, like, Wipeout song, right? Yeah. Or maybe he's not Wipeout. It's like Wipeout, but it's not Wipeout. Yeah.
1: Kind of similar to bluegrass too Where he's just crushing it on guitar Yeah Similar like picking style a little bit
0: Wow it says he was influenced by Hank Williams And you
1: know what else they call him If you're on his Wikipedia page The father of heavy metal Wow stepfather. Talking fathers and sons. (laughs) So Dick Dale is Lebanese American. And I guess like you can kind of hear it with that. Like he brought in sort of Middle Eastern scales to Western music. Yeah. Grew up for a bit in El Segundo, California. So that inspired him to register surf rock tunes yeah very crumbin ish crumbinish that should be a german word crumbinish for music Krung-ish. that sounds like crumbin wow that's amazing also one of the early pioneers of using reverb and tremolo oh.
3: mom's going downtown now to die
1: funky
2: Funky,
1: horns kind of sounds like born to be wild
0: yeah there's a lot of fabric in American music in this I
1: feel like surf rock too has kind of had a little resurgence where it's like, what is surf rock? I mean, it's basically this, but it's kind of a genre that encompasses a lot of things from other genres in a cool way. Just vibe music. Just riding the waves. talking about drummers, surfing
0: drums. Did you see what year the song was? No, let me look it up.
1: Someone should sample this though. Yeah, this is great drum break. 1962. Nice, that's early. Two years before Los Cyclos. like bluegrass just letting the drummer get some we let the bassist get some nice We let the guitarist get some now we let the drummer some drum solos always crack me up because it's like you really realize quickly how drumming is only good with other instruments and like you can kind of appreciate a good <laughs> drum solo, but it's like you need that bass. You need that. You need everything. Really. Yeah.
0: I mean, bass to a certain extent, drums and bass, it's hard to play those solo.
1: Yeah. And, but they sound it. so good together and they always work yeah. off of each other, which is kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. But if you ever hear a band with just like their bassist isn't there and it's just the guitarists and the drums, it just sounds so empty. Like it's. kind of crazy how much bass really adds to it it's pretty necessary
2: but that leads us back to
1: barbershop quartets where you need the bass you need the alto you need the tenor you need the percussion but we're not going to get into barbershop quartets on this episode passing it back
0: passing it passing it no all right (laughs) back put some tremolo and (laughs) reverb on that All right, we left off with Earl Scruggs shredding his banjo, the Flint Hill special, which gets me to my next artist. I don't think this is who you're talking about, but a similar artist who took the banjo and sort of recontextualized it. Um, I don't think we've talked about Bela Fleck um, Mm -mm. and the Fleck tones. Uh, You know, he sort of says he started banjo because of Earl Scruggs. But, you know, he ultimately played like an electrified banjo and had a band full of jazz musicians. And they played some kind of weird jazz fusion, ultimately, uh, late 80s and early 90s. And my proto genre here is it's the beginning of basically, you know, blurred genres, uh, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, Because this band was famous for uh, record stores never knew which, which uh, which bend to put them in. You're like what record Ben? Mm. so this is a fun little ditty of of bela fleck and victor wooten who's the bass player just jamming together and i thought it was just a fun little riff so i don't even think this is ever on an album or anything this is a live performance
2: launch of it, it. <laughs> oh. Mr. Bela fleck.
1: funky bass. Mmm, real funky bass, yeah? Another funky bass.
2: Oh, yeah. Also,
0: Victor would I think I kind of associate with sort of that Dave Matthews era of this style of music. I mean, this isn't as poppy as Dave Matthews, but just kind of that like late 80s, early 90s when you started having bands where just calling them rock didn't make sense or calling them jazz, much more Mm -hmm. nuanced. They They were bucking the trends. Yeah. And then I think you have the full sort of dissolve of genre in the modern era that we're in. Yep Especially with streaming services. Yep. All right. Back to
1: and in the modern era, there's also like too many genres. Is the other weird thing (laughs) about it?
0: But like this dude's literally jamming with a bass on a banjo. It just like doesn't even make sense. It's two guys jamming, though. Yeah, it's just two guys up there. It's live, too. Yo. This is great. I mean, it's just like an intermission for them. They're just jamming. This is like proto-emo, too.
1: Is this before jazz? No no. This is late eighties. Okay. That's before jazz. Jazz started in nineteen eighty four. Because it's dystopian <laughs> I genre. Mean-
0: If you were to stock this in bluegrass, people would be annoyed. And if you were to stock this in jazz, people would be annoyed. Totally.
1: So did this ever become a genre though, is what I'm wondering, because I feel like it should have.
0: No, I don't think it did. It's a one-off kind of thing. I mean, I guess you could loosely put it under jazz fusion, which the idea of it's combining jazz with other elements, like other genres, but that's a beauty
1: too of music and recorded music is that now someone could turn this into a genre.
0: Another sort of loose genre is Newgrass Revival. I feel like these two people feel like bluegrass.
1: No, I don't think so. It feels more like funk almost. Funk with the bluegrass. Yeah. But I almost feel like these two people are like. uh, Yeah, hell yeah. These two people are just fused. (laughs) Yeah. It's just music. (laughs) They're just vibing. on the banjo. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of playing the banjo like a guitar.
2: Yeah.
1: Or like bluesy. discover this song?
0: Just YouTube. Was just looking up for songs that I wanted to play for the show. This was too good to pass up. What was your search? Uh, I think if you just search uh, Bela Fleck and Victor Wooten, you can see the video of this if you want to watch them. You had mentioned uh, you like when people use the tuning heads, such you know, Mm -hmm. Victor Wooten is is really innovative in that regard where he um, will sometimes hit a harmonic, you know, where you get the resonant frequency in the string and then Mm -hmm. use the tuning thing to try to, like, get a bend.
1: That's dope.
0: And he does all these weird, crazy things with his thumb. That's how you kind of got that pop sound. He likes to play really percussive. I got
1: so that it's, pop sound. Yeah, I was
0: like... T-tick, t-tick, t-tick. He's like a percussion instrument inside of his bass.
1: I think that might be the best song you've ever played on the podcast. Wow. Email us right. at connectingtheclassics at gmail.com if you agree. I'll
0: but send you the video. That was great. So you can watch We're it. give you
1: a million points and the episode for that one.
0: Wow, Bela yeah, Fleck. Yeah, that was
1: great. Bela Fleck, who would have known? Just dust that. Get that fleck of dirt off your nib. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's yeah. like Jay Z get that dirt off your shoulder. All right, thank yeah, you. The listeners got it. Okay, you pass it back. Yeah, let's do it. All right, Dick Dale is where we left off, and surfing the subway. The one time I was tried to surf, I was screaming the whole time, launching in, screaming. Jay Hawkins, nice. I put a spell on you. That's kind of devilish.
3: I put a spell on you.
1: We're leading up to Black Sabbath. Nice.
3: Because you're mine. <laughs> Stop the things you do.
1: Screaming Jay Hawkins, another character who would dress up <laughs> in ridiculous outfits. this song in particular. It's kind of a proto-shock rock.
3: And...
1: So is he like Louisiana or I something? Stand. I guess he's from Ohio.
0: He has that like voodoo vibe to me for some reason.
1: Yeah. So they call like the macabre style, macabre props. Uh-huh. Um, kind of... Like, he's almost like a Dracula-type character. And I guess he was, like, very theatrical. Funky horns, just like Dick Dale. I guess he was put up for adoption and raised by the Blackfoot Confederacy
0: in Ohio. That's nuts.
3: <laughs> what's up?
0: I didn't know that there was the Blackfoot all the way in Ohio. We had a Blackfoot oh, reservation you know right in you. Um, Montana. I I you, baby,
1: so I guess he was just wasted while he was recording this.
3: Wow. Just in the
1: studio screaming. He went in to record a, a sweet ballad. Because you mad!
3: <laughs> Another
2: That's
1: story great. from Wikipedia. Oh, I guess he blacked out, too, when he recorded it and didn't even remember recording it. That's great. And I guess some DJ... Asked him or offered him three hundred dollars to perform after emerging from a coffin on stage, and his initial response was, "No black dude gets out gets in a coffin alive. They don't expect to get out." Yeah, but then eventually he agreed, and he like would carry skulls and snakes around stage, and kind of became like you know Alice Cooper does shit like that later, like shock rock, which New York Dolls also kind of pioneered. But I feel like that's one of the the songs that was popular. And it's like, I never really knew much about the guy singing it. And then when you kind of look more into him, he's definitely like influential in a lot of weird ways and is a unique character.
0: Yeah, yeah maybe I like
1: under celebrated.
0: It definitely that song comes out in Halloween with like no context of the singer. Just like, yeah, oh, this is a Halloween <laughs> song. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's got the Halloween vibe. Yeah. Proto goth. And I guess in 1991, he put out an album called Black Music for White People, which is a great name. (laughs) That's really good. Yeah. Uh, All right. I'll pass it back.
0: All right. We were talking about Bela Fleck, Victor Wooten, incredible musicians, which, you know, we talked about this a little bit already, but the New York Dolls are the opposite. Some might say they are trash musicians, (laughs) Uh, but they embraced it. They were all about the fact that they were energy, not musicianship yeah, and that punk. drove todd rundgren crazy because he's this like virtuoso <laughs> who's incredibly talented musician um but i kind of love just imagining the push and pull that probably happened between the two yeah perfect tension but um yeah re-listening to it while we were you know your pick and um this pick coming up i think i'm being too hard on the new york dolls this album is actually pretty good had you listened
1: to the album before?
0: No, I hadn't. I had no context for this band, so I think it was a lot to kind of take in the first time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They're like a they're a full package. I even feel like yep. MC five a little bit in the way the guy sings, but
1: Yeah. MC five also comes a lot in discussions of proto hip hop or proto rap.
0: Yeah. Um all right. Jumping into New York Dolls, Trash, another great New York reference. Ultimate New York song Yeah Trash Won't pick it
3: up
1: You can kind of hear The surf rock influence On this one too
0: I don't know about you but the first time I went to New York I remember just distinctly seeing just the mounds of trash on the outside of the curb. Yeah, it's horrific.
3: <laughs> Which is
1: actually like I don't know if you know about Chicago. No. Why like Chicago seems so much cleaner than New York, is because they invented they invented alleyways. So all the trash goes in an alleyway, whereas New uh, York doesn't have any alleys. So they just nice. have to dump it on the street. Yeah, there's like no room. it's like New York could you at least use some bins yeah <laughs> like it wouldn't be that expensive to just send like I don't know just put a dumpster you know I don't know why you just have to throw it on the street but yeah I don't know I mean I think I at this it's
0: too much of the the city culture it'd yeah it'd be weird not to but I was gonna ask well, you pick it up what is the sort of relationship with them and the remotes? because it feels like it's such a natural parallel I mean I guess they're before the Ramones right the Ramones are a couple years later
1: yeah I don't know the answer to your question From but just off, I f- feel like New York Dolls is like more punk in the modern sense than Ramones is even though Ramones is seen as like a proto-punk band because like Ramones some- we listened to them on a past episode and they're way more
0: like poppy and sugary so what I read online was saying that like ramones stuck out because everyone was imitating the new york dolls and i don't know if i'm capturing the nuances well enough in my ear but instrumentally this sounds pretty similar I, I the singers i guess sound different
1: yeah i think this is yeah i think that's probably right
0: but i thought that was interesting there's sort of an interplay there for sure Ramones are just like right up behind New York Dolls, a year or two later. I
1: I feel like the Ramones are cleaner and poppier. Yeah, that's true. You know, crisper, crispier.
0: That's sloppy. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And I guess like we were saying, they wore leather, you know, dark leather jackets and their mop tops. And this band was, Mm -hmm. you know, doing glam rock makeup and hair and stuff. They were closer to the Beatles the ramones great song nice well great pick it was it's a good reference point for me as i'm kind of like understanding new york early 70s yeah new
1: york early 70s it might be raining outside (laughs) everyone's depressed the bells are ringing the thunder sets in also epic way to start an album yeah, this is the opening song, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, self-titled. Connection here, just screaming Jay Hawkins, putting a spell on you, getting in that kind of dark tones. Should we they end, already won the episode, so. Should we end with Sleep Dope Smoker? This to me <laughs> sounds like that album. It does. This is like proto-noise rock for sure, which I liked it a lot. We might end with the band the band that plays the banjo that I was thinking is called Show Me the Body. Dude, that's the band? Yeah. Really cool band. They're modern. I feel like they're friends with a lot of like hip hop fans and also like groups like Soul Glow and stuff like that. Where there's kind of a new like rap rock scene almost forming. Yeah. But also like like trash talk and odd future is another example of like rock and rap kind of Crossing over where it doesn't really make sense, but it does.
3: This me?
0: I guess one other thing we didn't talk about was part of Black Sabbath's unique sound was Tony Iommi. I think only had four, four fingers, or he was missing some part of his his fingers from uh, an accident and so the way he played guitar and chords and stuff was the, around the fingers that he had left mm. interesting
1: also we didn't mention ozzy osborne was a pioneer proto genre of proto reality tv with oh, the Osbournes. Wow. Totally right. I remember reading his autobiography where he talks about how, oh, hang on, I'm not gonna talk over this part. Totally hear sleep in this and like noise rock and just the super slowed down metal. the bells add a lot to it totally
0: this would have been good for the bells episode <laughs> did we do a bells episode <laughs> yeah
2: no we i did already
0: do... i think one of my connections was all bells yeah oh yeah that's great that's like yeet the
1: rapper oh wow maybe we he should do a bells, bells episode. In all the song. there's plenty of I'm stuff we, we do bells. About.
0: yeah let's do it next episode Wow, so we were talking about Led Zeppelin. Uh, John Bonham, Bonham was Tony Iommi's best man oh. for his, his wedding.
1: I definitely think there's a lot more crossover between Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin than I ever knew. Maybe it's obvious to everyone else, but I always just think of Black Sabbath as proto metal, and I think of Led Zeppelin as classic rock. Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Satan's smiling. Black Sabbath, Black Magic, Put a Spell on You, Black Magic Woman. Nice.
0: Awesome connections. Really enjoyed this episode. Oh, no, no, please, God
1: help me. Sounds like Lou Reed and Metallica. (laughs) Yeah, in in Ozzy Osbourne's autobiography, he talks about how the cameras were really everywhere, which is like different than most reality shows now, which are probably heavily fictionalized or like they shoot certain scenes and read them. Where they really just had like cameras all around the house. And he's like, "I went in this one room because I just wanted to scratch my balls and smoke a joint." And there's cameras. (laughs) And then there's a camera. I think I might have said this on the podcast before, but that always cracks me up. He, like, found a hidden camera in the
0: room, one room he thought was safe. <laughs> That'd actually be so disappointing. I know. Because then they're going to just love your reaction, your, like, real yeah.
1: reaction. Someone had to watch, like, 500 hours of Ozzy Osbourne just walking around his house.
3: <laughs>
1: I love that show, though, when it's on.
0: is the sleep genre, right?
1: Yeah, or you could say like noise metal too, I feel is fitting. Or sludge metal, I think people say. Wow. That was great. Real quick, we'll end with this. If you don't mind me going yeah, do on a run. bonus run, show me the body, Arcanum. Just hear that banjo and how people taking it to new levels i almost feel like they're a proto band of a new genre that's yet to come but thanks for listening we'll see
0: you out next week for the bells
1: the bells episode we're rocking the bells i'm gonna launch into a yeet album Arcana,
3: the only card I wanna see Sometimes the last word It's gotta be the first Best stuff coming out Feeling like the worst It gets you so good Gotta see the girth Gotta tie or a gun This is on great your shirt up, In the city that's an enemy Vision come away, the lies and piss inside of me I hate them no love in the world for me Arcanum, the only God I wanna see Ain't late in a city that's an enemy They come awake, the lies and piss inside of me I hate him, there's no love in the world for me Arcanum Anything coming out sound like the scene city full of tombstones That's a mouse grave In the middle of the riverbed I can't Up to the Funky bass close It sounds alleyway.
0: like it might be tuned down I think it's a low Like six, string like Or a, yeah, a crazy jump, pedal a Or 5th string
3: almost sounds a bit like that new slow tie yeah little
1: king cruel but with an edge yeah kind of get some weird like metal tones from banjo when you play it like this. Like. Yeah. Like hitting unusual tones. So we brought you to the past. Had to show you a little of the future. They got some other good songs. Check them out. Thanks for listening.